Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic, starting now. Hello, everybody. This is John Bowles. We're doing a special Exploring the Prophetic live today. I'm going to encourage you to join us and tell us where you're coming in from, if you are joining, which country or which state. And I have a special guest here, especially for you Californians, because I wanted to do this live. This will also go onto our podcast. For those of you who don't have time to commit to the whole live today, You'll know it's here, it's archived on Facebook, on YouTube, and it's also going to be on our podcast shortly, probably next Wednesday, uh, not this coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. And so I'm going to encourage you to listen because we have one of the people who's running for governor in California on today, Jenny Ray Leroy, Leroy I almost said her name wrong, Leroy, is an accomplished business owner, author, strategic advisor with a BA in economics from the University of Virginia and an MBA from Columbia Business School. After launching her career advising companies and government organizations at Bain, she co-built tech companies in the energy and financial services industries before purchasing Management Consulted, a private tech-enabled service company, which is just incredible. She's also a seasoned traveler, loves learning, visited 57 countries globally with her husband and three sons. Her children attend a Spanish language immersion school, and the family operates a hobby ranch. She is a frequent presenter at Harvard Business School the Wharton School of Business, and over 60 other top institutes. And she's been quoted in Forbes, Business Insider, and other business publications. One year ago, here's where you come in as our, as our listeners, our viewers, our friends for Exploring the Prophetic. One year ago, she said someone should do something. And she modeled her own COVID plan using publicly available data and hosted conversations about the future of public policy. After meeting with groups in California, she recognized major gaps in both policy and process. She's a Republican pro-business fiscal conservative and God showed her she was supposed to run for governor. And that's where you come in because maybe you're listening right now and, and you have no connection to California. So you don't know what this means. Right now, our governor is being recalled during an election process, which means other people can run against him. And if he doesn't win or prove his seat, then that means somebody else gets that. 41 people have entered the race right now. Jenny Ray is one of them. And we get to talk to her about her spiritual process. And this is important for you because as we're exploring the prophetic, as we're exploring God's voice and Christians, evangelicals getting involved with things that are bringing transformation to culture and bringing God's original design and purpose. It's important for you to think that maybe you're in Africa, or you're in Singapore, you're in, you know, South Korea, maybe God's putting in your heart to go after the political sphere and have impact there as well. It's been far too long that the church has been so separate in the wrong way from state that we should not be protecting the state from our faith, but our faith actually has solutions to problems that have been ongoing all around the world. And God wants to use people like you and I to engage it and change policy and procedure as well, which is so exciting because I know for me as a California resident and somebody who really wants to, God's heart for California to manifest, I love to see the fact that Jenny is throwing her hat into this and really following God into this place of running for governor. It's no small thing. And everybody who's joining right now, thank you guys for joining. We have people from all over the place. And I just talked to, as a side note, I just talked to uh, uh, someone who's going to be running for governor of uh, Minnesota as well, who's a Christian, who's also felt like God's led him into it. 
And I think there's something happening. I've actually talked to about 12 politicians in two weeks. There's something happening right now where God's assigning people into politics the same way he assigns pastors to a pulpit. And we need to respect that and believe that. It doesn't mean that you have to change everything you believe to vote for them, but you do need to listen when somebody has come across your grid who's saying, I'm a believer and God's leading me into this. And listen and, and as a learner to say, what does that look like for them? And that's exactly what we get to do today is listen to a very human story who's interacted with God. And I think it's gonna be beautiful. So with no further ado, Jenny Ray, please join me. I'm so excited. Hi, Sean. So glad to be here. Can't wait to share the story behind the story today. Oh, seriously. I mean, you are running for governor in this recall election, which is when is the actual election? Is it September? Yeah, 42 days from the day that we're recording this. So September 14th is the actual day. So what brought you into this as somebody who uh, is, is all those things that I just read? Why run for governor? Mom, wife, business owner, entrepreneur, speaks in the education Ivy League school world all the time. Why? I have had an amazing life and God's led me to it. Uh, And so I want to just give you a little bit of background context, and then I'll tell you the moments that ended up really mattering here. But uh, ultimately, I've had two times in my life when I was called by God to something that I despise. And this is the second one. So that's one of the ways that I know that it's God because it wasn't it wasn't like a, you know, God called me to be a millionaire because I really wanted to be a millionaire. It's not that kind of thing. This is the like I didn't like it and I didn't want to do it. And so the first one for me was business. And when I was 22, I I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and started to hear the voice of the Lord, the prophetic voice of the Lord for the first time in my life. And so during that year, God asked me in one conversation I was having with him a question three times. The question was, do you want to be a doctor? Which up until that point was my life plan. And doctors are good, right? And yeah. and I and I had classified doctors as good and I had classified a lot of other things as bad. And so um, so God asked me three times, do you want to be a doctor? On the third time, I said, are there any other options? Wow. And, and the Lord said back to me, what about business? And that was the first thing I was like, business people, come on. Those are the bad guys. You know, we all know that the purpose of business people is to fund the church in penance for the work that they do in the world. And, um, (laughs) and, and, uh, and, And here's what God said to me. He said, business is the primary way I reveal my creativity on the earth. Oh, I love that. Isn't that so good? Oh, I and, love um, that. and I was like, whoa, you know, wait, you mean business is divine, divine problem solving that we should unleash businesses on the earth to solve problems? I mean, this is exciting. This is a totally different scene. Um, well, well, politics, same thing, right? So I have I think most, most Christians too can relate to that. Like yeah. when you said that, I think most Christians would say, I would never want to be in the rat race of politicians. They're all corrupt. They're all whatever, which isn't true. I've met with, and you have too, many politicians a lot of politicians who it's a thankless job that they're doing because they believe in something, especially if they're Christian, they're believing God's put them there. But most of us are misinformed or we just have this image like that's for those guys. So the fact that you had that in you, we can relate to that. (laughs) Well, yeah. And here's how I got it, got it out of me. Uh, So, right. You know, five years ago, God started some character training with me. Uh, And I I haven't done this my whole life, but for the last five years, I've asked God at the beginning of every year, what's the thing that you want me to focus on? Uh, Year one, he said, focus on holiness. I said, what's holiness? Because that's, you know, it's kind of one of those loaded terms. What does it mean? And I, and I think a lot of people think it means perfection. It wasn't what God was asking me. He said, I want you to focus on immediate obedience and radical repentance, right? Take a risk, try things out, see what happens. 
and then and then come back. Second year, um, and, and by the way, every single one of these things were basically things that I weren't. I wasn't that obedient and I wasn't that repentant. And so it was working on that. So second year was generosity. He said, I want you to give away everything in your wallet every Sunday at church. Um, and every time you do it, say, declare over the person that you give it to. There's more where that came from. Wow. And so then the third year, he said, I want you to give away one of everything that you buy for yourself. And wow. I was like, ooh, that's a whole other level of generosity, especially yeah. when in the middle of the year, my husband and I are like, we should, we should buy a Tesla. We should totally, you know, we're in California. Everybody should have a Tesla. We should have a Tesla. <laughs> and, and, and God was like, remember two Teslas, you know? And, um, and, wow. and, and then I said, what you mean cars? Like, I thought we were talking coffees, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, then, and then he said, yeah. And I said, like college educations. I mean, we're saving for three college educations for our kids. He said, yeah, save for six. And, um, and it was just a whole other level of generosity. Well, what was happening in those years is that God was breaking in me, the strongholds of fear and, and, and of greed. Right. And so, um, and scarcity. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and guess what's rampant in politics? Scarcity, fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, all those things. And so so last year, God said, hey, you know, I want you to start waking up at 5 a.m. And that was discipline. That was another like level of something that I felt like he wanted. And 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 um and during that that time, the Lord began to speak. Well, the first thing that he said before he commanded me to love government was on the 1st of March, he said, I want you to follow everything Gavin Newsom is doing and think about what you do if you're in his place. Oh, wow. And, and I felt like that was a requirement for ownership to pray for our state from a place of understanding, not like, oh, look at that guy. He's a Democrat, you know, which I've never felt that before. But it yeah. was just a it was a sense of here is this passion um, for for actual you know solutions. And this is before covid lockdowns or anything. This is before any of this is happening. Um, and then I, I when I when the, when the Lord said that, I asked him, but I. I thought you hate politics, right? Like I know that in my life I've, I've been reading and studying scripture and there's stuff about the political spirit and, you know, Jesus talks about, right. Separating Caesar yeah. and right. You know, what, yeah. what do you, what do you mean by that? And, and what he said was, I love government, but I despise politics. Mm. And it was just this lightning rod of, oh, and I, I had a flashback when that happened to a conversation around the dinner table with my dad in high school, where my dad said these words. He said, no one good goes into government anymore. And that good, I think, meant to him two things. One was good qualified and one was yeah. good virtuous. Yeah. Right. And, and, um, and let me tell you, Sean. I'll tell you why people don't go into government uh, because it sucks. It's terrible. It's, it is compared to the private sector. It is the tearing of the flesh every day. And people um, doubt your motives. They doubt your heart. They doubt your purpose. Um, they, they yell at you. They tell you that you're awful. They tell you to drop out of the race. Um, they, they, you know, it is, it, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it is. And I have another level of compassion for pastors after stepping into this arena. Um, but, but really, I think that's, you know, we don't trust someone to have a heart of service because we yeah. have seen so little of that. And, um, and, and what we really need, I'm convicted def definitely, you know, in our government are people for whom this is not their best job. People yeah. for whom this is 
a, a four or an eight year act of service where they step into this arena, lay their lives down and do it. But, but um, I'll, I'll share in just a minute about kind of, you know, how I felt specifically called to governor now. Um, but that was really how that, that first stronghold of belief wow. came down. We need good people in government. We need virtuous people, people with skills, um, and we need to value government and separate government from politics. Well, one of the things that you've had an experience of doing is consulting major organizations with yeah. hundreds of thousands of employees or 80,000, whatever, you know, like you've, you've done this before, you've come up with strategic planning, you've had, a, you're a numbers woman. Do you actually care about systems and numbers and organizations? Because a lot of the people are running, I, I just read through the 41 people who are running and I laugh, like one person's whole platform is on marijuana. We need better laws for marijuana. I'm like, that is not what California needs to even look at right now. <laughs> and so it's really interesting because not many people were coming, people when they were talking about their platform, they were coming with a lot of them had one issue that was so central that they're hoping they could rally enough people around. And it felt really um, refreshing when I was reading and then watching some of your videos when you were really looking at the whole state with love. And you were looking at it like, I want to be here. We bought a ranch here. My family were raising children here. We're not going anywhere. And we're, I'm watching, I've watched half my friends move during the coronavirus out of California. A yeah. lot of my family's moved out of California because the politics, the taxes, because of so much stuff that feels like there's corruption in a lot of the systems. And yet you're looking at it and going, I have hope, not just for the fix problems, but for the future of California. And so I know there's other things we're going to talk about, but I think it's really profound that you're standing where with your your life we say where the money you know where your money is it's where your heart is where your investment is your heart is right now and that's really profound that you're running that because a lot of people don't have much to lose who are running it looks like on the ballots but you actually you you're you're giving a lot to this i have everything to lose i mean uh, our business what, what is at risk? Our um, entire, you know, private way of life is certainly at risk. Even our physical, you know, family safety, we felt yeah. certainly like a, you know, additional pressure for that. Um, and, and somebody actually asked me in the campaign, they said, what do you have to gain? I said a battle. I, I win a battle when I win this election, a battle for the future of the state. Yeah. I, I, the privilege that I get is to build the future that I want to live in. Um, but what I actually gain is a battle to get there. And, uh, and, and that does feel really different than other people for whom there is no downside to run in this race. They just get name ID or some political talk show out of it, or, you know, they get to run for another race at some point. I, I didn't pick this. I didn't even like the government, you know, 15 months ago. I, I, I came to love government because God loves government. And then I came to recognize that my love for the state has a purpose and that I have plans and solutions that I, I believe are being, you know, divinely downloaded for the benefit of, of the 40 million people that live here. Wow. You know, it's going to be a good interview. <laughs> or it is a good interview when there's a battle in the middle of it for connection. I couldn't get phone, cell phone service. I couldn't get internet. I just came out to my car. And uh, bar I'm borrowing my neighbors have a signal booster for cell phone. And so I'm outside their house uh, with signal booster. I'm so sorry that we had to, uh, or that I dropped out of there. Um, I know Jenny Ray uh, had some important things to say. So we'll either try and reschedule unless she's still on. Glenn, my production manager, is she still, she's still here. I'm still here. Uh, Yay, that's awesome. Sean, you'd be right at home at our ranch. You, you just made a plan. I love that. Oh my gosh, you know what's funny is that you, the last thing I heard you say before everything went dark was you said, you know, 
it's been a battle. And right <laughs> then it all went out and I was like, I'm not trying to overly spiritualize this, but literally like I've never in all the times we filmed alive, I never had to go out, we had to go out work, but I was able to get somewhere, but never had to go out in this whole time. So it's wild. Okay, do you have any idea where you were at that we could pick up? Yeah, you bet. You bet. I'm super happy to dive right back in. Uh, and I, I don't know if everybody was able to hear it, if it was cut off from the full side. So let me just go back to what I was saying. Um, you know, I think it's rightful for us to be skeptical of people that want to do something in, in any position and to understand their motives. And I just want to be super clear that, that I'm putting everything at risk to do this. And, and the reason that I was convicted that this is the right thing to do is because the Lord called me into it, not because it was my desire. And, uh, and, and what I came to clarity on is that what I inherit with the office, uh, some people inherit a lot through the campaign. They get name recognition, fame, yeah. uh, a TV show. Um, you know, there, there are different angles. There's like a kind of no lose situation for some people. For me, this is like all lose. It's just lose your whole life. Wow. And, and, and the, the chicken line, and, and by the way, you know, um, I can share just really briefly, like from that first pay attention to everything Gavin Newsom is doing. I built a COVID model. I started praying for Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas. And these are all things that God was talking about. Then he said, buy a new business wardrobe in the middle of COVID when everybody was wearing pajamas, um, buy a pair of diamond <laughs> earrings. There's coming a time soon. You're not going to leave the state of California. Um, we went down to Sacramento and he he sent us to the um to Gavin Newsom's house and then also to the governor's mansion. He had me stand outside and just declare what I would do with the house if wow. it if, if I was in it. And I all of this time, I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, I, I, I just six months ago, I didn't even like government. And all of a sudden you're asking me to pray these things and then and then step into these. She's like, COVID are, models. I mean, doesn't everybody? COVID, everybody's building, you know, sourdough, right? And and Lego machines, not like COVID models. That's not what we do. And um, and, and so so it was something I really felt invited into, but not with any sense of ambition, uh, because my life was awesome um, beforehand. But but the chicken line came when God God said, um, I, I asked my husband to pray about it. I said, pray. And usually, Sean, what that means is we'll never talk about it again, right? You know? <laughs> and so so I said, you know, pray about me running for office eventually. And the date that I gave him was 2030. That felt like, you know, sufficient distance um, and, and sufficient time to prepare. Um, and, and he came back two months later. He said, the answer is yes. I said, what was the question? And um, because it had been two months, we hadn't even talked about it. And he said, if you want to run for office, we need good people in government. And um, and so then I got a group of intercessors together and we prayed and we, you know, I wish I had some story of like the 95 prophetic words that we got, but it was all just nothing, right? Like we just really didn't hear much of anything um, for, for almost the six months while we were praying. But at the beginning, God said, you'll know in February. And, and this is where I want to um, just anchor our conversation, because what I want to encourage people to do are these three things. Um, the, the Lord told us first what our spiritual assignment was, what, what my spiritual assignment was and our assignment as a family. And so if you are thinking about running for office or when you hear what people want to do in office, you need to understand what spirit they want to release. Um, or what spirit they are partnering with that you don't want released, because I think that's really at the root of 
the difference between government and politics. Right. And so, um, so, so God said through a friend of mine, um, a prophetic friend of mine said, you need to know the spiritual battle that you're facing in California and what your spiritual strategy is. And I was like, what's a spiritual strategy? Um, and so, so she said, I don't know, go ask the Lord. It was his idea. So, um, so in my early morning time, I just said, just tell me whatever you want to tell me about the spirit realm in California. And so 10 days into it, God said, there are two principalities over the state, fear and greed. Wow. Fear and greed. And wow. I had, I didn't at the time make the connection that that was what he'd spent five years of freeing me from. But, but, wow. but that, that was, that resonated with me. When I think about California, we are afraid of a lot of things and we are driven by yep. that fear and we are greedy and we build stuff out of that greed, but it's not necessarily what God wants to do. And so, um, and so I said, well, who's their boss? Right. Like, you know, any any like rank and file demonic has somebody who's in charge of them. And um, and I didn't hear anything. Ten days later, God said corruption. Wow. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to take down corruption. And, and here's what the Lord said. He said, no. He said, anyone who wants to gain power to deal with corruption will themselves become corrupt. Mm. Um, your assignment is to fear and to greed, bring hope and bring generosity to the state. That's your spiritual assignment. And so any time in the campaign that I have been worried about funding, I have to break that off because that's fear and greed together. Um, Anytime that I'm worried about winning, I have to break that thing off. And those are the things that come against you when you're in a campaign like this, because, and I'm a strategist and I like to know that I can win things yeah. and I, I'm good at winning. I've done that on my whole life, but, um, but, but this is a, a totally different realm. The second thing that happened is that I left the Lord open to the party that I would run under. Um, I didn't want to partner with a, um, you know, Democrats are demons, Republicans are terrible, um, I, you know, mindset. And I just said, God, what do you want me to do? Um, and so for this race, the Lord told me clearly Um, he said, I want you to run as a Republican and duke it out within the party. And what I feel like my battle is inside the Republican party is to include the voices of the young, of women, um, and of minorities that have not been included before, um, and to represent those. And I'll I'll just give you one example. There was a teenager who came, um, and helped us at an event and, when I saw what she was wearing, I had this moment of like, oh no, <laughs> she she's representing me. And and so I, I had that moment, but I went back and I said, God, what do you see? He said, I see the future of the Republican Party. Let her let her wow. be. Wow. Right. And so like, I'm, and I'm even getting teary when I'm thinking about that because, um, because sometimes like what God sees is just not what we see and it's not what other people see. And we have to break that off. Well, the third thing that happened um, was just an encounter with the Lord. And this was the real, the real end game. Um, and, and so I would just encourage you to pray until you know, because if there, there is no rush on these things because yeah. the Lord's timing is amazing and he is the best chess player and he's putting everything into place. But I prayed until I knew, and he told me I know in February and I didn't know on the 27th of February. Um, and so on the 28th of February, I woke up and I was like, maybe today's the day I'm going to know. But, but um, on the 28th of February, I was, I was worshiping um, and I had an experience with God um, where I was just crying out. You're so worthy. Like, think about Jesus. Think about his, mentality and the way that he that he loves and laid down his life for us you're so worthy you're the only one that's worthy you know I'm looking at all these halls of power and no one does things the way that you do them and and um and and what God said 
in response to that was he asked me, how worthy am I to you? Wow. And I, I just really encourage you, don't ever let the Lord ask you that question because it means something's <laughs> coming. You know, run away if you can. Just just get out of there. But but I, I wasn't I wasn't that smart. I stayed. Um, and I just let him keep talking. And here's what he asked me, Sean. He said, Are am I 70% worthy or hundred percent worthy? Wow. And you wow. know what? That that wasn't that was like a revelation of my heart. It was like, Jenny Ray, you think I'm 70% worthy, but I'm I'm actually hundred percent worthy. Then he asked me, Am I 40 years worthy or am I more worthy? And I, at the time I was 40 years old, am I worthy of all of your life? And, and what was broken open for me at that time was like, I was like the Israelites who were in the desert, who were used to getting fed. God had given me the ranch, the business, the family, the kids, and all of that was by God's hand. But I was super happy to to just get off of the God train and camp where he had brought me. I was super happy to do that. Um, and so and so, so this is what God said. He said, you can stay where I brought you or you can go where I'm going. Wow. I do think this is that time where a lot of Christianity, we've been not necessarily complacent, but we've been where God's brought us to and he's still bringing us. And I do think people have settled. I think people have this image of even heaven as being like this eternal vacation where we're drinking Holy Spirit monetized and we're not working anymore. Like, it's like, we don't see that work in, establishing God's kingdom and government is actually our inheritance, our legacy. It's actually it's a promotion. It's a promotion. And yeah. so what you're doing is, you know, and believing this is something that, first of all, it's intercession, just you being in the spot, you know, regardless of if you win or not, and we're believing the best, you know, it's like you're an intercessor. Your life is like going in as a root or as a, as a stake in the land to say, no, we want a different, we want a kingdom result, which is just huge. We want God to be enthroned somehow in this space, which is just huge for people to hear that you don't have to run. Your intention is to win, but you don't lose if you lose because Romans 8, 28, God works it for your good and for the good of others, for everybody involved, which is huge. But second of all, if you do win, wow, what would change? And we've seen that happen in times in history, especially in America, where some, you know something was happening that looks unlikely and God brought favor on something because he wanted a different result. And right now in this state and many other nations, states, you know, the country, God wants, uh, wants yeah. to empower Christians. He wants to empower people, humanity. He loves, he loves California, not just Christians. He loves California. He had a purpose and why he sent people here in the first place that has not been accomplished. And like you said, there's so much corruption on so many levels. Yeah. So tell me, give, give us some hope for California. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just was like, hey, governor now, you know, in the in the recall. And and um and here's what the Lord said. Right. I mean, this is a really special opportunity in California. Um, I didn't know it, but but he'd asked me on um, Donald Trump's inauguration day what it would look like to lead well with under 50 percent of the vote. Because that was the big thing that a lot of people talked about. And I came up with three things. Uh, it will it requires conviction that you're leading all people, not just the ones that put you in power. Wow. Um, it requires conflict and conflict reveals the heart. Um, and it requires a uh, honor of your opponents. Right. You mm -hmm. have to honor your opponents because the people that followed them that gave their hearts to someone else. Now you are responsible. And, and you need to have them trust you um, that, that you will do the right thing for them. And so um, hope for California looks like this. Um, it looks like getting 
things done that matter to build the future of our state. And I don't talk about, I'll share just a few quick things with you, but um, you know, you mentioned early on that people are leaving and, and those of us that are behind are grieving the loss of the people that are leaving. So there is a real sense of grief in our state right now. Um, What does it take to stop the grieving? We have to believe in a future that's better than the one that we're living in today, right? And so so what does that look like? Well, people need to want to live in California. They need to want to work in California and we need to feel like we can breathe in California. Those are the three things that are required for us to be investable for people to say, California is my jam. I'm not just coming there to like restore a wasteland, right? It, we're, we, are, we are building the future of the state. And so I'll just run through a couple of my policy things. Yeah. For live, we need an education system. A lot of education talk in politics right now is around critical race theory. So I'm against critical race theory, but I love people of all races and we need to have conversations about race. But no matter what, that conversation misses the entire point. That does not get us to the number one school districts in the country. What does is building for the workforce of the future. And we know what that is in California. That's engineering, that's coding, that's science, that's vocational training. And that's what we need in our high schools. We need kids to have a purpose, not just be learning the things that we learned 30 and 40 years ago. They're living in a different world and we need the the curriculum of the future. And so I go offensive when I think about that kind of stuff because we've got to. Um, we need a, a raising here in a school that you want to see a change. You don't want them to. You don't want to see something that is archaic in the midst of what they're going through. And I have two girls. I'm like, I have my girls in private school right now because I need them to have a full education. And why we put Harper in kindergarten? There's a teacher strike. There's there was like three things that happened in our education system here in LA. And I was like, we need resolution. We need solutions. We need, I'm paying huge tax money to stay in California because I believe God's going to do something here. But I I need things to line up. Like, you know, this is important. So keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, the same thing for housing. We've been like kind of um, using a circular argument for housing. We can't build more housing because we don't have enough water and we don't have enough power. Um, and and so we, therefore we can't build enough housing. Well, guess what happens to the housing that's here? It gets more expensive because we don't have enough housing. And guess what happens eventually? People leave because there's not enough housing. And so what we need is to build enough housing for the future of our state. We need about 5% growth at a minimum a year. And we need the housing to put people in. And, um, and so what do we need for that? Well, I'll go to category three, just because I'd already talked about it, but we need enough water for the future. Right now, we haven't invested in water in 43 years. How are we going to how are we going to build the state of the future if we don't invest in water? Gavin Newsom has a $75 billion surplus. I would spend it all on infrastructure, all, because we need water and we need power and we need the, the forests to be managed for the future. And we always complain about not having the money to get that stuff done and going through a really complicated process, get it freaking done so that we can build the cities of the future. Um, we, you know, so, so right. Uh, we need housing, but we don't need the government to force housing on us or build housing. We just need them to let the market work. People already want to live in California. That's why we have high house prices because too many people want to live here. So let them buy houses and and let's build for them. And then the third thing is public safety. You know, right now we have uh, an erosion of a sense of justice in California right now. We, um, our, our public safety officers, our police officers book someone in for a crime and they're released before they finish the paperwork. I mean, how, how do we expect men and women who are doing what we want them to do, lay their life down for other people 
How do we expect them to do that without supporting them? So we need to support our police officers. We need diverse police officers in our police forces. Um, we need to encourage that. We need great training for police officers. Um, but ultimately, we need laws that support justice. And, and we need a, to revoke some specific ones. AB 47, uh, sorry, Prop 47 and AB 109 are two of the worst. Um, and, and for those of you that aren't in California, I'll get just jargony on you for a hot second so you know what I'm talking about. Um, but for, for work, you know, um, we have a $75, 76 billion surplus this year. Um, and no one's told anybody where that came from. It came from our businesses yeah. and we need to celebrate our businesses. So on my first day in office, I'll be, I'll be doing a made in California series where we start to talk about the businesses that are remarkable that are building here. And it will be small business and big business. It'll be little restaurants and incredible social media companies. And it'll be world-class organizations and everything we need to feature why people are building here. And, and we need them to stay. Um, and, and this is part of, I think, the timing conviction of the Lord when I was like 2030 and God negotiated me down to 2021. Um, it was part of, we need this urgently. Um, so we need lower fees, lower taxes, and we need streamlined regulations for our businesses. Yes, right. Um, um, our businesses are our creators. They're, they're, they're God's divine creative problem solvers on the earth, and we need them here. When you're talking about all this, I know many people are listening going, oh, okay, she really has a huge platform to run on. And you hear the spiritual side, which I think a lot of Christians, when they, they needed to hear this kind of story, yeah. and they might be running for something in the future. They might be praying for somebody who's running. And I, I do think you need people praying for you right now. At the same time, there's this practical side of you that like, if you, if someone doesn't believe in Jesus, someone doesn't believe yeah. in Christ, your Christianity is not a liability to getting the work done. Your Christianity is the support to getting the work done. And I think a lot of people have not seen that modeled well because so many people who bring Christianity into it use it as a God card to violate other people relationally. Yeah. But it sounds like it's your, it's your foundation to get a really good job done that's actually ecumenical. It's for everybody. It's not... It it is. I mean, I, I I believe that God is for people and he's for California. And I think he wants to build the future here. And and he is made up of, he's not made up of fear. It's not, it's not even in his nature, right? His, his um, nature is hope and glory and, right? And, and the, that sense of future. And so, yeah, it's, it, it is a welcome to the people of the world to build in California. That's what I want to build here. We're getting the greatest comments right now, Jenny. People are really encouraged about you and uh, I have some friends who live in Sacramento right now. They're saying, Sacramento, come Bring it, bring it. Yeah, come on, Sacramento. California, you'd have my vote. And uh, better governors with less politics, please. And <laughs> your first day in office. And um, people are just saying, God bless you. There are a lot of people Thank who are just you. praying for you and blessing you. Well, I do want to say, I want to say one thing that you said earlier. I mean, the, the outcome is the Lord's. I'm doing this out of the fear of the Lord. Um, but I, I have a, a heart to win and I believe an assignment to win this. And so uh, I, I don't have a plan B. I'm not running strategically. Um, I am running to win this election. I feel specifically called at this specific time to do that. And so the outcome will be his. I can't partner with fear um, in that. But But I just want to let you and everybody know that there is no other option for me. I'm a in a, in a David and Goliath or a Joshua battle, like this can be done and must. And I believe that I'm being, you know, given the responsibility to go make that happen. How, you know, we are working every day to reach out. I've raised the, you know, one of the highest amounts of money in the state. We're spending that to get the message out. I do believe a hopeful message carries 
power and weight in our state right now because it's we're yeah. so hungry for it. Um, but but anybody who does want to get involved, you know, if you want to support us financially, you can give thirty two thousand four hundred dollars from anywhere in the United States toward my campaign. And if you're married, your wife or your husband can give it. And if you have an adult child, they can give it too. And um, and if you want to give me five bucks, that matters even to me because just the the weight of the support of a multitude of people is like a widow's offering. Um, it's meaningful and powerful. Um, and, and then, yeah, if there's other ways, I, I'm happy to talk about them too. Mm. What is the website? Uh, JennyRayCA.com, J-E-N-N-Y-R-A-E-C-A.com. Well, again, I wanted to have you on today because I wanted people, Christians, to hear somebody who's in an active run for governor. I wanted them to be able to connect to you, relate to your heart, and hear a spiritual journey because a lot of politicians will hide their spirituality in the midst of running. I'm so glad that you would share it in the midst of what's going on. We're going to be praying for you. I'm going to encourage everybody who's watching to pray. And those of you who are listening to this on the podcast, uh, I want to encourage you also, just be an intercessor for Jenny. You have 41 days left to intercede and pray just for God's will and his outcome. Where California goes is where the world goes. What we choose, the whole world follows all the time in trend setting. And so it's really profound that you have an assignment right now to run. I think it's so exciting. And it's just such a great story tell to our audience. And I think a lot of people in California are going to be really encouraged as well as the world around us. So thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for, especially the technical glitches. Thanks when I dropped off that you were still on and we're going to be praying anything we need to support you. Tell us. Yeah, well, uh, let me just say one thing. We do have an intercessory team. We set it up at the beginning of the campaign. We have 131 people that are interceding right now. Um, Uh, And and so I'm I'm just seeing some of the places that people are calling in from. If you aren't in the U.S., um, you you know, one of the best ways that you can support us is to pray. Um, the, the money that we raise doesn't go to me or anybody on our team. We have a massive volunteer team, but it goes to spending money on advertising to get the message out. So just in case you're wondering like, what the heck does a politician even use money for? I'm happy to share that. Um, and, and we actually give an account for everything that we spend and we should do that. You should, you should, you know, ask where people spend their money. Um, and then finally, if you want to follow us on, um, you know, social or by email, um, then, then you can do that as well. And that's a great way. Uh, if you find a video that's powerful, if you share it on your channels, you know, that, that reduces our costs for how we reach people because people are sharing things naturally. So, um, so just to let people know, if you want to, if you want to get involved and pray specifically on our intercessory team, you can go to our um, website and you can fill in any one of the uh, contact forms. Um, or you can just email us at hello at jennyrayca.com. And we'd love to include you. We send out one email each week, just with hopeful declarations for California two hopeful declarations for the state. Oh, that's amazing. Well, on YouTube and Facebook right now, we're sharing all that information. Our team will share it. And then also uh, you'll be able to find it. If you're on the, the podcast, or you're listening to this and you're catching up to it, I want to encourage you to go to the website today, visit, see the platform, share what you feel to share, become part of the intercessory team. Whether or not you're in California, it doesn't matter. Just come pray. Come pray with somebody who's a sister in Christ who wants to be a spiritual mother in California. And pray for her because that's a very, that's what we do is support each other in this community. So I want to encourage you guys, be involved, get involved. And I love your story, Jenny Ray. I think that right now we need Christians to engage politics and you're such a great example of it. So thank you. You're welcome. I think, I think you're right. And I think that um, when I, when I get discouraged and when I think about winning, God just reminds me, right? Just take off your armor, just take off your armor the the like look at the look at the heroes um in the scripture and how they led and it was with courage but also with an intense 
vulnerability. And um, so thank you for having me on today to share my story with vulnerability. Well, thank you, my friend. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transcend God Mentoring, where you receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more. Or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing, and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.